When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. Coming up on this episode, we talk Newcastle's 5-1 win over Gateshead, their trip to Austria, the futures of Dwight Gale, Kieran Clark, Matty Longstaff and others. A big season for Miguel Almiron, Joe Linton looking like the beast that he was last season and plus Newcastle's hunt for a right midfielder as well as the hunt for another centre forward. All that to come and more on the Everything is Black and White podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for our weekly Q&A session with me, Andrew Musgrove, and our Newcastle United editor, Aaron Stokes. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and later through our podcast channel. So do please remember to like and follow through whichever platform you're listening through. As always, Aaron, with Newcastle United, it's been a busy week. Um, we're going to start with Newcastle's 5-1 victory over Gateshead. It was a friendly behind closed doors in the sweltering heat at the training ground. Uh, a comprehensive win for Newcastle, expected, you would say, but lots of talking points to take away from the game. And I think we'll start with Miguel Almiron. Um, he got two, and Eddie Howe spoke about you know how the goals were, were different and, and kind of hinted that there is a, there is a, a future for him at Newcastle United. Yeah, I mean, Eddie Howe has never sort of made any secret of his you know, admiration for Miggy. He's been questioned on him a lot in the last couple of months, given that there's so much speculation around his future. Um, and yeah, again, he came out on Saturday and said, you know, how well he'd done, uh, how well he'd taken his goals and how impressive it was that he sort of put in that level of performance after being away on international duty. So um, lots of positives to take. Obviously, you know, we can't read too much into it. It was a training game, essentially. Um, but yeah, good, good to see that, the you know, there's some... Some of the young lads back getting some minutes. Good to see that. Um, you know, Joe Litton looked physically impressive. Uh, Maxi looked good. Miggy, as you say, got two goals. Um, so yeah, a good start of the season and, and it sets him up well going into Austria. Interesting that Matt Ritchie played quite a big part in that, and we don't want to read too much into it. But you know, lots of talk that he could be out of the door this this summer with the, the the players there they're looking at especially on the wings you know they've strengthened in the la- left back role which is where he um you know had been playing regularly under Steve Bruce but he's you know he scores against Gateshead he's he's away with the the, the 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 team on the training camp in Austria what do you think the future holds for him I mean we had a sort of minor disagreement last week on the pod which we don't usually do but obviously I did say last week that I, I think Matt Ritchie as a squad player is, is a decent option. I think what's key is that um, Ritchie and Eddie Howe have a very good relationship. You know, they've, they've worked together for many years. They, they clearly get on. Um, and I think it's a case of, you know, Ritchie's what, he's 32 now. If the offers don't come in from which, you know, they potentially might not, I think Eddie Howe will, will quite happily keep him around the dressing room. He's a good influence. We've seen his passion. We've seen what he's like with the other players. He's clearly a well-respected um, and popular figure. 
So I wouldn't be surprised to see him stay. It's good to see that he's getting a run out. He offers a bit of versatility. He can play left back. He can play anywhere across the midfield. He can play further forwards. Um, so yeah, like I said last week, I think he's a good option to have around the squad, even if he's not playing and we can week out. Um, and look, he's gone to Austria and, and, and we could very well see that there and end up staying really. It's interesting when we look at potential players who could be going out and a few have stayed back from the squad. So Kieran Clark, Dwight Gale and Jeff Henry look like the three imminent ones, but there's been plenty of talk about how there's been interest, but maybe teams in the championship can't match their wages. But on the flip side, you look at Matt Ritchie and you, you, you would assume under the old ownership, if a player wasn't getting in the first team, a player like Ritchie who would be play, who would be paid well, if a championship side came in with a half-decent bid, they'd go, right, we'll cash in. But Newcastle are a totally different club this time around. And it's a, you know, it's a good bet that even if a, 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 a decent bid comes in, if, if Eddie Howe wants to keep Matt Ritchie around as a backup option and a leadership option, someone who can bring quality and leadership to that dressing room, he may be allowed to do so despite the money on the table. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you say, it goes down to the change of ownership, whereas... You know, in previous seasons, Ashley would have said, no, we need to get him out. He's not going to play. Whereas now, I think Howe's got the freedom, as you say, to keep who he wants in and around the squad. They don't need to sell anyone, really. They don't need to raise much capital from players. I don't think you'd get much for Richie anyway. Um, so as I, as I touched on before, I think just he's a good presence to have on the squad. They get on very well. He's clearly liked. Um, is it worth just... If he's happy to sit on the bench or sit, you know not get as much game time, which, you know, he, he might very well be. I think it's a good option keeping him rather than pushing out the door, f- you know, just for selling him, for selling him's sake. Mm. Plenty of people in the comments there. I've got people from Indonesia. I think I saw one from Norway as well and, and Joe in there from Durham. So uh, it's great to see people from all over the, the globe tuning in. Thank you very much for, for doing so. Um, it's just sticking with that, that Gateshead when we saw Longstaff get a goal. We saw um, Gateshead also get a goal. A lot of people commenting that um, Dan Byrne got a little bit burned for the Gateshead goal. But, you know, it's pre-season. It's maybe a little bit expected people would be a little bit leggy. And it was a very, very hot day as well. Yeah, 100%. As you said, you know, they've just came back off their summer holidays. Some of them probably keeping a bit, you know, fitter than others. We've seen Callum Wilson and St Maximum look like they were raring to go over their summer break. I, I did notice that Dan Byrne sort of did... He was sort of left in his wake. Darlow as well was absolutely miles out of his goal, but we can't read too much in it. Howe's got a month now to work with them before Forest. Um, they'll be getting some, you know, good, hard physical minutes under their belt in Austria. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't read too much into mistakes or anything like that after uh, after Saturday. <laughs> um, and you know, you mentioned there the Forest game. The tickets go on sale on Tuesday to members and season ticket holders. So there'll probably be another forty odd thousand scrambling around for what would be a brilliant opening uh, game of the season. And we mentioned their potential outgoings. We think Ewan Clark um, will be heading to Sheffield United. Dwight Gale has got a, a few um, admirers around the championship. You know you know, if you sign him in the championship, he's going to get your goals. And Jeff Hendrick is another one as well. You know, they've been made to train with the reserves, have been left behind. So it's quite clear that they're edging ever closer to the door. Kieran Clark, we've mentioned before, you know, for me, I think that was keeping him at Newcastle United, as Steve Bruce did. The talks that he was going to go to Crystal Palace and Steve Bruce kept him. I think that was one of Steve Bruce's best decisions because at times Kieran Clark was Newcastle's best central defender. There was a time, wasn't there, towards 
And then it's Steve Bruce's reign where he was just in form and really good. Of course, it didn't end too well. His last notable moment was getting sent off against Norwich, but you know that's given us Joe Linton in, in, a, in a new form. But what do you make of Kevin Clark's time on Tyneside? Sad to see it come to an end? Um, sad, sad in one aspect. I'm sad that, as you touch on, the last sort of thing of note that he did was Norwich and that sending off, which was obviously at the time such a crucial game because we thought obviously that was going to be the first win of the season. Obviously he's played twice since then, once in the defeat against City, which didn't cover himself in glory, and then in the win at Leeds. But I think when you look back at Cleveland Clark's time, I remember when we first signed him um, and I was sort of thinking, mm, you know, he, he was in that Villa team that, it, you know, got relegated in spectacular style. I wasn't really sure, but I think for five million what he's done, He's been a good servant. He was fantastic in that championship season. Um, as you say, he's he's stayed with the squad and actually at times been very, very good in the Premier League um, and proved a lot of people wrong. So I think, I hope that when he does go, which obviously we expect in the next couple of days, I hope that people don't look back on him. You know, I hope people do look back on him fondly and I hope they remember the good times he gave us and all those um, good seasons he had, not just sort of towards the end when he was maybe out of form and, and dropped by Eddie Howe because I think, you know what he did for the, the amount of money he came in. It, it was a good addition. It was a good addition for the club. Mm. Set to leave on loan. It looks like primarily, and then maybe a, a permanent deal. And, and I guess you know it'd be interesting to see when Dwight Gale does go. We expect he will leave this summer. Whether it would be a similar move out on loan initially, and then you can sign him on a permanent deal. Jeff Henrik as well. And is that down? Do you think because these players are on Premier League wages? And does it have to come down to sort of the player as well to look around and say, well, look, I'm nearing the end of my career. What is more important, picking up an extra 10, 15 grand uh, in, in in the wage pack or shall I go out playing first team football? Because if if your level is the championship, which no disrespect to these players, they are decent Premier League players, but I think they'll be best in the championship at their age and stage of their career. They're going to have to take a hit on their wages and 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 maybe lose a bit of money to to ensure that first team football. Yeah, as you say, it's down to their preference. Are they happy to just sit on the bench? But I think when we look at the players that have been left behind from Austria, it's not going to be a case of sitting on the bench anymore. Dwight Gale obviously got little sort of moments here and there under Howe and a bit under Bruce. But I think next season, you know, there's no way with the players that we you know we hope they're going to bring in attacking wise. I don't think there's going to be any room for sort of minute here and there so as you say it's their preference I think as you've touched on their Premier League wages I mean that Dwight Gale contract was baffling when it was given under Bruce Hendrick was obviously brought in on a free but he'd be on a you know a substantial wage for a, uh, any championship club to take on so I think you're right when you say that loan with so maybe obligations to buy is probably the way they're going to do it with some of these players that are on inflated wages um, and maybe sort of in their 30s and, and heading towards the end of their career but it's imperative, as someone's just touched on in the comment there, that they, they get the Deadwood off the books, um, you know, sooner rather than later so that they can, you know, free up one, a bit of cash, um, and two, you know, places in-house squad. Now, I've got written down on my notes here, Newcastle's uh, chase for a winger and big letters, but what I want to talk about first is when Dwight Gale does go as expected, that is going to just increase the need to get a striker. Now, we know Newcastle are in the market for a right winger. But actually, if you look at the numbers they've got in them positions, numbers-wise, not necessarily a, a, a priority. Quality-wise is another discussion. We'll get on to that. But if Dwight Gale goes and Newcastle are left with Chris Wood and Callum Wilson, even if Dwight Gale stays, there's still a need for a striker. So is, do you think it'll be a case that maybe 
do White Gale might only get to go once Newcastle have got another striker in, or if the right offer comes in, they'll just let Gale go and just hope somewhere down the line they'll sign another striker. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that's why we haven't seen him go so far. Everyone expected him, you know, him and Clark to probably be away by now. Um, and obviously, we know he's training with the other throwing trees, but he's still around. So you make a good point. If we all love Callum Wilson, but we know that half an hour into that Forest game, he could go again. And we're left with Chris Wood and Gale as a backup. So, you know, Howe's made no secret of the fact he wants a striker. It's imperative that their next move in the market is either a winger or a, someone to challenge Callum Wilson because, you know, as, as, as good a player as Chris Wood is, he hasn't hit the ground running. And if we're left with Dwight Gale, look, no disrespect to Dwight Gale, but he's not a Premier League striker anymore for me. I don't think he has been for a couple of seasons, which is why that three-year contract that he was given um, under Steve Bruce was so you know, concerning at the time or confusing at the time. Um, so, yeah, I think it's imperative that, that they sign the replacement, but that that is a good point that maybe they're just waiting to see, let's get someone in, let's get a deal done. We know that they're finding it hard to to bring these attacker players in with a market and then Newcastle tax that's been added. Um, so we might, you know, Gale might have a couple more weeks before he's shipped out. Certainly going to be interesting. We'll get on to uh, Newcastle and Austria now and the point has been made there by Stuart Hunter and this is one of the first things I noted when I watched the video of the guys getting off the bus and heading into the hotel was that my Longstaff is, is on this trip. Now, he has been... Uh, training away from the first team championship clubs are interested in him it looks like the dream for him might be over but then he is on 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 this trip do you think that's maybe just an extra body to to be carried along or do you think the door maybe isn't fully closed for him at Newcastle it's it's a confusing one with long stuff because obviously you know our reportedly Ryder reported last week that he'd been you know he's training with the 23s and that it looked like he was going to go then all of a sudden you know we see him in training photos last week um Played the second half against Gates. Played the second as well. half, and now he's gone to um, now he's gone to Austria. So, look, Eddie Howe has said with other youngsters like Anderson and, and obviously Kel Watts, they're going to get a, a good chance to show what they can do pre-season. Um, I think the reason he's taken Longstaff to Austria is probably for that reason. Um, we know there's championship suitors, and we know that if you had you know if you had to choose right now whether Matty Longstaff's going to get a game you'd say that he wouldn't you know we think the midfield as bloated as it is he probably is going to make way championship clubs and even I would say lower league Premier League clubs newly promoted clubs might take a punt on them the, like of, uh, the likes of Fulham and clubs like that Um, so it's interesting to see that he's gone with the club and it'll be interesting to see how much game time he gets out there and whether we see sort of an increased increased speculation about him because I think there's a lot of talk that maybe the, you know the agents out there trying to talk up a deal um, but that was one that I totally looked at them coming off the bush and thought I, I wasn't expecting to see Martin Longstaff on that trip yeah interesting because I mean I suppose everyone in the in the comments would would still love that dream of a, a Longstaff uh, partnership but it just doesn't look like it's going to happen with the quality they've got in there but you never know you never say never um, the other thing obviously Kel Watts is, is away with the, the club in Austria. He played the full game against Gateshead. He is one player that I, I am so excited about because he's just got such potential. You know, he went off to, to Wigan. He played really well there. You speak to people, um, you know, around him. There's a there's a coach who often trains with these, um, you know, these academy players and helps them develop. 
and Cal's been back to this coach's, um, uh, you know, department quite a few times to meet the, the new kids coming through, and it's it's stuff like that that going that extra mile. But he was he, he always said, you know, Cal had it in him. He always wanted to be training. He always wanted to be pushing himself. So to see him in the first team, <coughs> sorry, is um is quite something. And I I mean, you would look at it and you say, well, the same Botman, Dan Byrne did really well last season, but. With Kieran Clark going out, Fernandez coming towards the end of his career, Lascelles question marks over whether he'll still go. Is there is there a real chance for Kel Watts to get in to the first team picture this season, or is it a case you think it's more, you know, Eddie Howe notices him but says, okay, maybe maybe it's just six months too soon. We'll send you out on loan till January. It's a tricky one because I think for me, I would I would like to see him kept as we touched on. If you look at the centre-backs that they're going to keep, let's assume that Clark and Fernando are going to go. You've got Botman, Byrne, Shaw, Lascelles, and then Watts is going to potentially battle Lascelles for that fourth, fifth place at, at centre-back. On the other hand, he's very, very young. Um, we know that Dan Ashworth coming in, his track record at Brighton was these young players need loan time, they need minutes. It's no good that having just them sitting stagnating um, at at such a crucial age in their career so my head says send them out on loan my heart says let's keep them in because like you say everybody that talks about them you know has you know very very rave reviews Um, so it'd be nice to see what he does but I I would like to see him given a a proper chance so I guess the same applies to Elliot Anderson we're now in the position where He's in the first team. He's getting minutes in pre-season. Eddie Howe is going to take a really close look at him. But again, if it comes to the start of the season and he's in the first team squad, but on the bench or even just you know not even in the match day squad, did Newcastle hold on to him or did they send him out and, and further um, help his development? This is what it's going to be about. If if he is just going to sit in the in the f- train with the first team, but be essentially fifth choice, maybe play one cup game every couple of months. I don't think. It's worth keeping them. Should Fabian Shaw pick up an injury, which could very well happen in the next couple of weeks, should Shaw pick up an injury, then maybe it changes. Should Burn, you know, pick up an injury, then maybe there's a there's a you know a real um, argument to say let's keep him and let's give him a good go and see how he reacts to Premier League level. Look, Wigan, he was fantastic last year, but we've got to remember that. He was fighting at the top of League One. Elliot Anderson was fighting at the top of League Two. These players have got massive futures ahead of them, but are they ready to be thrown in right now? Maybe not. So I think it probably depends what happens in the next month, see how he plays in Austria, um, and, then, and then how we'll make the decision on him. Certainly going to be one to watch. It would be great to see youngsters coming through and, and getting into that first team. And um, you know, obviously Elliot Anderson and Cal Watts definitely seem to that are the more likely to do so. We'll get on to now the search for a right midfielder. We mentioned there Aaron earlier in the show, if you look at the numbers of wingers they've got, Fraser, uh, Miggy can play out on the wing, Murphy, uh, St. Maximum. It's not really a priority in terms of bodies. And then you then have to ask the question, you know, Diaby, yes, is a step above, but the other names have been linked to. Let's look at Harrison, for example. He comes in. Is he necessarily any better than a Ryan Fraser on the top of his game or, or an Alan St. Maximum? Probably not. Maybe maybe slightly because he did have a very good season in, in a poor Leeds team. But I agree. It's it's not that they need a right winger because of the lack of bodies. They've got so many players that can play. 
down the right and down the left, but it's about that quality. You know, we've got Maxi who we all love and who we want to see more from this season. We need someone of his quality down the right as well. And I think that's why there's been so much talk and so much um, effort put in to try and get Diaby over the line, even though it'll, it will probably take out a huge chunk of their of their budget. Um, but he would be worth it. And, and that's why, you know, they're sort of looking at players of that quality. Eddie Howe, as I touched on at the very start, he really does like Miggy. You know, we we didn't know how much game time he was going to get. You know, Fraser and him been sort of battling for that right midfield spot, um, and I think Miggy will will end up staying this summer, even if he's got to play backup. Fraser, I think if anyone, if either of them are going to go, it might actually be Fraser, um, because he really does. Every time you, every time you hear him speak about Miggy, you can tell he really is a fan. Whether that's you know when we've spoken to him after games in the last couple of months. Um, or, or, you know, obviously on Saturday after that friendly win. The likes of Murphy, I think, you know, Murphy's had his chance for me. I think, you know, he he would be, if he was to leave, I think that would be that would be fine. But they do need, you know, if they want to take themselves to the next level, they really do need someone of that top quality like Maxi, but down the right as well. And, you know, the, the people that take them to that next level would be someone like Diaby and also... The Real Madrid midfielder Asensio. So, just provide our listeners with the latest that your your understanding on on the chase for for those two. Yeah, so Diaby, um, Diaby's back from a summer break. Leverkusen played on Saturday. Uh, they won six one against a, a lower league um, German team. Diaby was in the stands. He's been given a couple of days extra because um, he played for France last month. So he's back with Leverkusen. Leverkusen still their stance is is very much the same that they want to keep him. They're going to build the squad around him. They've got a huge advantage over Newcastle because they're playing Champions League football and Diaby's came out publicly in the past and said it's his dream to play in the Champions League. So, look, for all Newcastle have done very well to persuade Sven Botman, persuading Diaby, who's now, you know, front and centre at this team who have got big plans. They've obviously signed uh, Patrick Schick to a new deal. They've signed Adam Hlozek, um and Florian Wirtz. They've also tied down so that they've sent a statement to Diaby and said, you know, we really do want to make this squad as competitive as we can and, and we want to keep you. Um, we know Newcastle haven't given up on it and that they're still, you know, they're still round the table trying to get a deal done. It's going to be very tricky, as we've said. Um, and as it will probably cost, you know, around 40, 50 million. Asensio is, is slightly different for me. I think it's a convenient link. It's quite timely. I think that, you know, it's came out in the Spanish press that um, Newcastle, are, you know, apparently they've been offered him. Essential's a different one. He, look, he's he's twenty six. He's he's won it all. Um, he's won three Champions Leagues, three Spanish titles. He's you know a regular in the Spanish squad. Persuading him to to one leave Real Madrid is a big ask. If he does decide he wants to leave, you're going to have the likes of Liverpool and Manchester United and Arsenal and Milan all sniffing around him. So Essential is is one that I think is probably a lot less likely than Diaby, um, and I think. The Spanish press probably looked at it and said, Newcastle need a right winger. He's got less than a year left on his Real Madrid deal. It just sort of fits together. So I think Diaby's much more likely out of those two uh, particular players. We'll get back to the show in just a quick moment, but please please remember to follow and like the podcast through your podcast provider. It's totally free to do. just means with every new episode we upload, you will get a notification to say it's ready to download or listen to. And if you get the chance, please leave us a rating and review. This 
really is the key bit because if you leave us a rating and review, it helps promote the podcast to a much wider audience. We're so close to 200 reviews, which doesn't sound a lot, but in the world of podcasting, it is actually quite a big number. So if you could help us get over the line of 200 ratings and reviews, we would really appreciate it. It just helps to get out to a much bigger audience. And we love hearing your feedback too. We are very, very grateful for you sticking with us to listening to every episode we do. Long may it continue. Thank you once again. Let's get back to the show. Chris Paquetta is another one that, that's re-emerged over the weekend in the central midfield. I've you know best buddies with Bruno Gomes, Arsenal and Newcastle both said to be linked. And again, it goes back to when you look at Newcastle's squad list. There's no doubt in the talent of Paquetta. We know Gomes uh, said in the match day program, you know, towards the end of the season, that he'd love to see his best mate come along. But there's quality in that midfield already, and I get the argument you want to go up a level, but you don't want to just be filling it because that person is available. It has to be right for the team. And again, big part of the budget that would cost as well. You know, we might be 50, 60 million. It would be a statement signing. But is that one you can see coming off? Is that one Newcastle really need? It's such a tricky one because it feels wrong to be sitting here and saying that they don't need Paqueta because, look, for ev- for how everybody, everybody loves Joelint and Bruno and Shelby or Joelint and Bruno Willick, but Paqueta would raise that, you know, to another level completely and he would get in that team. They would just... But how is, is, is very sort of, you know, he's very set on that midfield four alternating... Um, and obviously with Sean Longstaff tying down to a new deal, Matty Longstaff potentially staying. Anderson, we know, is probably more of an attacker, but he can play centre midfield. It's a very bloated area of the squad, isn't it? Um, so look, there's no doubt Paqueta coming in would, would be you know, a fantastic statement signing. Um, but whether Newcastle need it, I don't know. Look, he, he clearly wants to leave Leon. Uh, they've came out over the weekend and admitted that they've got offers from. Um, it's not clear, you know, who those offers are. Don't think it's Newcastle. Um, I don't actually think it's Arsenal either. So that's maybe a bit of Leon trying to, you know, talk him into talking other clubs into putting an offer in. But it would take a huge amount of the budget, as we've said, and we know that they're so keen to get one or two attacker players in. I, I can't see it happening at the minute. Should the window, you know, should we get to August and we think, you know, that their the transfer plans haven't gone to plan, it might be one to revisit if he hasn't already moved. Yeah, it certainly would be an interesting one. And, I mean, there's, there's been a couple other names linked as well. Corny is one, the Burnley winger, who many people do uh, compare talents at maximum in terms of flashy, but not really with the with the end product there. Um, we're going to get this throughout the summer, aren't we? And it is a case of just kind of shifting through the, the reports and, and and trying to find out, you know, what is what is you know fact and what is what is fiction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lee Ryder reported on Saturday that uh, Corney has been offered to Newcastle. I think he's been offered to a number of teams. We know Burnley need to get some of their bigger earners off them uh, off the wage bill, and we know that Corney would probably bring them in quite a um, quite a hefty fee as well for a Championship club. You've touched on it there. He's French, he plays down the left and he's a flashy winger. We have pretty much a better version of him in St Maximum and I think, you know, I was looking this morning at other clubs that have been sort of touted from the likes of Everton and Fulham, I think. Is it a case of they've offered him Newcastle and, and, and that's it? Probably. Um, so I, I I can't see Corny happening at the minute despite despite the offer being there. 
we mentioned there the midfield just just prior there the centre midfield. I want to just mention you know Joe Linton obviously um, got on the score sheet didn't he against Gator, but by all accounts he had an absolute stormer again in that kind of midfield role, and it's going to be interesting to see how he if he can continue that going into the new season because I know previously you've said long term where does Joe Linton's future lie, but and I appreciate it's against Gateshead and pre season's different to Premier League week in week out, but you know it's not a bad uh, time to. Um, to prove that doubt was wrong. Yeah, hundred percent. And and just just looking at him, uh, on uh, he looks like a beast. He looks like he's had an amazing summer. You know, he looks in fantastic shape. The way he was just, as we said, it is Gateshead. You've got to take it with a pinch of salt. But the way he was just striding through that midfield. Obviously, I, like you say, a couple of weeks ago, I was debating over his long term future in midfield. But it look if he if he plays anywhere near what he was playing last season, then it's no brainer. I just hope he can keep that up. But he, he looks like he's been putting the work in. This is what I mean, though, about, you know, like, let's just say Paquetta or Thielman's come in. He's a, he's a very good option to have because we know he can go back into attack and play down the left or as a 10. But this is where I think the questions will arise about him if the likes of Paquetta come in. Do they move him? Do they have to move him out of midfield? And I think because he's not, you know, a midfielder who's been playing there 15 years like Shelby or... Willick or um, Bruno that's why you know there's just maybe little doubts about whether he plays there full time but look he, he looked fantastic I can't wait to see him I think out of all the players that I'm looking forward to seeing you know um, he's probably the one I'm really excited for this season because he you know he needs to back up what he does last what he did last season but I think he will he looks like he's going to the club tweeted out or someone had retweeted a tweet from the club when Joe Linton played against Manchester United and he had, basically it was just a couple of minutes of Joe Linton just tearing up the midfield, getting his foot stuck into everything that passes, the quick turns. And I just thought exactly what you thought. So I watched this on uh, on Friday. I just thought, I cannot wait to see Joe Linton, you know, back in the Premier League, in the black and white shirt, just doing exactly as he did last year. And I really hope the form that we saw, we all expected it to drop off. I just hope it continues uh, because... What a story. The fans love him. He loves the fans. It's been a brilliant turnaround for him and long may it continue. Um, there was a question up in the comments uh, about whether, it, would you take a right winger kind of and not a striker? Or, you know, would you take a striker and and, and if Newcastle didn't manage to bring in another right winger, you'd be right with that. Where does, where's the, for you, does the priority lie if you could only have one? It, it would be a striker for me. Um, as we've said, they've got bodies uh, on the wing. If they don't sign a right midfielder this season, I think I'd be confident going into the season with Miggy and Fraser switching in and out. Um, I think Howe would be happy with that. I don't think he'd be panicked by it. Um, if you look at the back end of last season when Newcastle had their, you know, their amazing run, um, you know, Miggy and Fraser both show that they can do a job. So I think strikers where they need to get another body in because as we touched on Wilson's injury um, record is a bit concerning if they don't bring someone else in Chris Wood struggled Gale is probably going to go Elliot Anderson isn't really an out and out striker so they do need another body in just to challenge Wilson I think so I think if you said to me now you can only have one of the two it would definitely be another out and out striker who who can add goals and who would if you realistically be? We're not talking about, you know, who Newcastle maybe gone out and necessarily contacted, but for you realistically, if you could pick anyone across Europe, across, you know, maybe even the MLS, I know I'm 
clutching straws there, but who 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 would it be? Look, I think it's it's tricky, but I think someone like Belotti, who's just left Torino, would be good. It would be a huge statement. He hasn't even been linked out. That's just me, you know, plucking a name out because he's available. Um, somebody probably more realistic. I, you know what I mean? I would I would like to see Calvert Lewin at the club, and I don't know. Uh, a lot of fans are torn on him, but I think I think you risk then having two strikers who potentially. Could both be out injured from, from you know a lot of the season. I, mm. He started the season well. He got injured. I just I don't think he's I don't think he's any better than Callum Wilson. And I, I'm not saying he's necessarily any worse. Therefore, you have two good Premier League strikers. But if you're looking for someone to come in and 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 push Callum Wilson to another level, I think you've got to bring in someone who's slightly better than him. And Callum Wilson will then up his game. Who that is, I've I've no idea. Yeah, but look, it, this this is the this is the tricky thing in the market that they've got all these ideas and clubs aren't going to want to sell. Everton might not even want to sell Calvert Lewin, but I think if you take away last season and strike that off, what he was doing before that in that Everton team before Lampard got there was impressive. If you can refine that this season, it would be a good add. Another one that that we've been linked with over the weekend is as you know Lee Ryder reported they've been offered Dennis from Watford who's more of an out and out striker than a winger and I was looking at his stats before we came in 33 games last year in the Premier League in a struggling Watford team 10 goals 6 assists he might be a decent option as maybe a backup Um, you know he's very highly rated at Club Bruges before he, he joined the Premier League so that's another one to maybe keep an eye on but they've, they've got to bring another in in another number 9 because you know I'd want to see Callum Wilson get through a full season, but I wouldn't put any money on it. What about the the, the Borgia, the chap from Chelsea? I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, he only hit six goals last season. Is he really an upgrade? I think Borgia would be a good addition because he's you know he's one for the future. Callum Wilson is you know you know coming towards the final years of his career in, in the next couple of years. Borgia, you know, is is still very very young. Chelsea rate him very highly in and. Yes, he only hit six goals last season at Southampton, but for a first season in the Premier League, I don't think that's bad going at a player's age. So, look, there's competition for him. We know West Ham, Everton um, and Southampton obviously want to re-sign him. So it, that's another trick you want to get uh, over the line. But I, I think he would be a good addition. Mm. I mean, there's you know, there's, there's other options out there. Again, we're just talking amongst ourselves, not necessarily <laughs> some teams, you know, uh, players Newcastle have target, but Danny Ings is maybe another one you could try a sneaky little bid for. I know he's 29, so again, he's coming at the end of his career. But yeah, another one who's injury prone, maybe he's had some stinkers over the last couple of years, injuries, hasn't he? And is he better than Wilson? I don't know. This is why this is why it's fascinating, and I'm I'm really intrigued to see who you know in a month's time they've got in, um, because there's so many options, and you know we've all, we're all talking about who we want to see in, but. It's such a tricky one to get right because clubs don't want to sell, and that Newcastle tax is so evident mm. this season. We've already we've already seen it this summer, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a tricky one getting a strike over the line. I think. I mean, my big hope is that Callum Wilson stays fit for yeah, the entire I mean, season. We don't even need to be having this debate about who comes in if if someone could guarantee us thirty eight games from Callum Wilson next season, we'd be laughing. But I'm just I've just got images of. 30 minutes in against Norwich his hamstring goes and I'm just you just can't trust it he was so good at the end of last season that game against Arsenal um, the last home game was the best I've ever seen him play and in a castle shirt if we could just bottle that and keep it 38 games we'd be absolutely laughing but 
Uh, you know what? Another thing, we haven't really touched on it in the last couple of weeks. I really hope Chris Wood has a good season because, you know, at Burnley, you know, people forget he was hitting double figures every season. Not many Premier League strikers have done that. And I had really high hopes from coming in. So I really hope that this summer, how it works with them, they can find a way to, you know, really get the best out of them. It looked like he didn't really suit the system last season, but if he can find the form that he found at Burnley, then I think you know, the need to bring a striker, it becomes lessened somewhat. So it's a big season for him as well, along with a lot of other players. Mm, like Aaron says, there are plenty of players who will have big a big pre-season and a big season to come, the likes of Fraser, Almiron, Chris Wood, as he's mentioned there. So it's certainly going to be interesting. Certainly going to be interesting to watch what goes on in Austria over the next week. Our Chief Sports Writer, Lee Ryder, will be heading out there later this week to cover the game. So do stick with chroniclelive.co.uk for all the coverage you need of Newcastle's pre-season tour over in Austria. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Everything is Black and White podcast. Please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider and leave us a rating and view and we will be back next week.